Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest droughts and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are sealed, when striving sinks, my comforter.
spoken to a thousand tongues, but there is one that sounds above them all. The Father's song, the Father's love. You sung it over me and for eternity. It's written on my heart. Heaven's perfect melody, the Creator's symphony. You are singing over me, the Father's song. Heaven's perfect mystery. The King of Love has sent for me, and now you're singing over me the Father's song. I have heard so many songs, listened to a thousand times, but there is one. Sounds above them all. Sounds above them all. The Father's song, the Father's love. You sung it over me and for eternity. It's written on my heart. Heaven's perfect melody. The Creator's symphony. You are singing over me. The Father's song. Heaven's perfect mystery. The King of Love has sent for me, and now you're singing over me. The Father's song. King of love has sent for me, and now you're singing over me the Father's song. The Father's song, the Father's love. You sung it over me and for eternity. It's written on my heart. It's written on my heart. You sing it over me.
Well, let's try that again. That's perfect. Thank you so much for joining me in today's uh, live broadcast of Dynamic Web Church. I'm so excited to be with you. Uh, I know that you will be blessed by this message of God's grace. Today I'm going to speak a little bit about wisdom, the two types of wisdom that we have in the church. And this will flow from last Sunday's message where I spoke on... um, where I spoke on, on unity and the type of unity we must have in the church and how we can have unity in the church. You know, so many times we don't understand unity in the church and we think unity is just agreeing to disagree. Now that is not unity, that is agreeing to disagree. That is people that disagree that decide not to fight with each other. And that is not unity. True unity is what the Bible calls the unity of the faith. Believing the same thing. Amen. That's what we're going to talk about today. Today we're not going to have worship. As uh, many of you know, I had an operation on Friday. And, um, you know, so I tried to rest as much as possible. So I didn't make the the worship songs for this morning, neither the pre-broadcast that we're supposed to do. And I got a nice comfortable chair here so that I can sit here and just minister comfortably to you guys. Uh, the operation went very well. It was it was very painful the, um, just after I uh, was woken up. But uh, thank God, you know, everything is going well now. I can walk and, and I'm blessed and I can, like you see, I can preach the gospel. Amen. It was wonderful um, in the hospital because before the operation I could just share the gospel with many people in the hall and I would just uh, lay in my bed and tell the guys, listen, I want to read from the Bible. I would read to them and just share the gospel of God's unconditional love with them and just speak to them about how God is not conscious of our sins. Our God is not conscious of what we do every day, be it right or wrong. He's not conscious of your good or bad works. He's conscious of Jesus. And that is the whole gospel. You know, yesterday on television I watched Islam television. Now you might say, man, why do you want to watch Islam television? They had a very interesting debate between Christians and Muslims where they had Christians and they asked uh, questions and people had to answer them. And uh, I realized that Christians, are, uh, <laughs> they struggle a lot with answering questions that's law-based, you know, or that is actually not, not right. People worshipping Mary and all those type of things, craven images and, and that. And, and they asked the Roman Catholic Church some questions which they couldn't answer. Um, but when it came to Jesus and, and, and just who God is, you know, I just realized that, the, that that is the only answer to the problems that there is in humanity. That's the only answer to salvation is Jesus Christ. There's nothing else. And um, uh, it was actually horrifying to hear that, that this Muslim guy calls the Bible trash. And, uh, you know, and, and, and he just so many times said it's trash. It's, not, it's, not, uh, it, it's just a deception. And he says Christianity, if you're a good Christian, you're just on your way to Islam. Um, and many things like that. But, you know, while I was listening, the only thing that I was hearing all the time was, you know, God is conscious of your works. God is conscious of your works when the Muslim guy was speaking. God is conscious of your works. How you should do this. How you should do that. How you should do that. And um, how there's answers for everything in the Quran. You know, for every problem. I mean, I mean there's, there's answers for everything in the Bible as well, even if you take Jesus out, because it just tells you the right thing to do. But what answer do you have when people can't get it right? That's the true answer. Because people don't get it right. Face it. And, um, you know, so yeah, Jesus Christ and what He's done is the answer to every problem. It's the answer to what God has truly 
um, to, to, to God's type of life. It's the answer to true salvation. It's the answer to true righteousness. That is Jesus. Amen. And I thank God for the way in which He, which He has made it possible for man to be saved only by believing in what Jesus Christ has done for us. Now I want to just read a scripture from Romans. I think I've mentioned this last time, but I want to mention it again. Romans chapter 3. It says from verse 21, But now the righteousness of God, without the law, is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, by the faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, what I've said is that everybody is sinners according to the law. And the law that there is, is not just the Ten Commandments. It is also the law of, 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 that's written in your heart. You know, there's a law that's written in our hearts. You know, the Gentile people that never had a law, they knew what was right and wrong. They knew not to cheat on their wives. They knew not to murder. It was even punished. They had laws that inside them, you know, that said, you're not supposed to just murder somebody. They knew it was wrong. They knew that if you would just steal, it is wrong. Even with Abraham, God came, uh, Abraham said that Sarah was his sister and, and she went to a certain king and then uh, uh, he wanted to take her to bed. And then God came and said to that, um, to that king, I'm going to kill you for you are taking Abraham's wife. And, excuse me, he didn't even know that it was Abraham's wife. He thought it was his sister. But, to, to, but there was a law that said you don't do that. But it wasn't written down. Because Abraham was before the, the law was given. So, uh, I've had many people disagree with me about this, but they can disagree. I know God agrees with me on this, and that the law was implemented by Adam. <clears throat> the law was given by Adam in the beginning. And then written down in a, a written format given to Moses. And that death reigned from Adam to Moses and over everybody that disobeyed the law. So death came in. The Bible says the, the, the consequences of disobeying the law is death. The wages of sin is death. So why did the people die from Adam to Moses? Because they've sinned. But there was no law given to give a way of punishment unto that sin. So, um, yes, everybody was made sinners. And I thank God for that. You know that there was a law given, that the law was in the hearts, written in the hearts of everybody. Because that means that everybody can be saved through Jesus. Hallelujah. Now listen to the scripture in Romans chapter 3. It says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them, that believe, for there is no difference. Verse 22 again. Even the righteousness of God, which is given by faith of Jesus Christ. In other words, this righteousness that you have is not because of the greatness of your faith. Now listen to me. The righteousness that you have is not because of the greatness of your faith. It's because of the greatness of the faith of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. If we don't make a Gentile and people that weren't under the law, uh, 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 if we don't say that the law was in, written in the hearts of everybody, 
we make Gentiles not sinners. And that means that Jesus cannot save Gentiles. Because He came to save sinners. He came for sinners. He came to bring salvation to everybody. So, thank God, you know, that, that, that it worked out that way, that Adam was a representative of the whole world, that um, maybe the law was given in a law, law format, written format to the Jewish people, so that we can clearly understand what was going on. But God always had everybody in His mind, because everybody was made of one, came from one man, Adam. Okay, then it says there, even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all that believe. So, this righteousness is unto all, and then it is upon all that believe. So, when Jesus died for the sin of the whole world, the sin of the whole world was forgiven. That means that God has got nothing against anybody. The only thing that he can have against anybody is if they don't believe and don't have access into this grace. So they need access into this grace. Without having access into this grace, you know, you will not experience the salvation power of, um, of what God has done for us. We can read that clearly in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. You know, and there's also, um, we must know this thing for sure, people, and that is, without Jesus and our faith in what He's done, we cannot experience salvation. Let me just open this in Hebrews quickly, and then we're going to go to Corinthians and speak about the different wisdoms that there, that there are. Right, Hebrews chapter 12. just find the right scriptures, uh, verse 24, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaks of better things than that of Abel, so in other words, the blood of the new covenant doesn't speak of revenge, it speaks of forgiveness, Abel's blood speaks of revenge, hatred, but the, but the blood of, 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 of Jesus speaks of forgiveness, and the washing away of the sin speaks of mercy. Verse 25, See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refused him who spake on earth, which was Moses, much more shall, shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, which is God through Jesus Christ. Amen. So, we cannot refuse Jesus. If, if there was a sore punishment with, with the law, when Moses spoke, and if people disobeyed the law, there was a punishment. How much worse punishment will there not be for refusing the voice of God that came through Jesus Christ? Now, that sounds like a, a very harsh way. But, um, you know, that is the way it is. It is not God deciding to punish you. It is that is the way of salvation that God has placed for us. And you can't find a more comprehensive way. God gave man a free will. God gave us a free will. When he, gave, when he made man, he made him in his very image. The way God is. And if you didn't want to be the way God is, which is the highest form of life, then you could become a puppet on a string, which we are not. You know, like, uh, 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 like an animal that just lives by his instincts, that, uh, that cannot think for himself, that cannot have uh, uh, um, 
that, that doesn't have any willpower, that it doesn't have anything like that. It's just instinct and that's how he lives. We don't live like that. We've got a spirit inside us. God came and gave his spirit inside man. He made us spirit, soul and body, making us like him. And the way God lives today is he lives, he believes in who he is. And he made us that way. God lives by faith. God lives believing in what Jesus Christ has done for us. And he made us in his very same image. And that is what gives us the principle of faith. And and that determines what happens to us, how we live, and everything. Adam, when he made Adam, he said to to Adam, he first made him in his very image, then he gave him authority to rule over heaven and earth, and then he said to him, not to eat of a certain tree, but he also gave him the knowledge that he has the Holy Spirit inside him. He made him just like he is. Adam knew what God knew. And we can see that, and I've said that many times, um, in how Adam named the animals. God said to Adam, name the animals to see what Adam would name them. Because the animals already had names. And when, when Adam gave them names, the names that Adam gave the animals were the names of the animals. That means that Adam knew what God knew by the Spirit of God that indwelled him. So Adam was who he was by the Spirit of God that indwelled him. And the temptation that there was towards Eve and Adam was in faith, towards faith. Could they believe what God said? And that's how man lived. And man fell by not believing in God. And if God is a just God, the principle by which we will live is by man believing in what God has done. So Jesus Christ came, he believed on our behalf, he did everything on our behalf, so that the righteousness of God could come towards us, and then by faith, every individual has got access into that grace. That is how simple it is. I believe if somebody would come after Adam, and would live in in unbelief, he would have received all the consequences of unbelief, the only thing that, that would be the difference is that it wouldn't have an effect on all of hum, humanity because the one after Adam, so Adam had sons and sons and children, thousands of them, and then one of them would start to walk in unbelief towards God and uh, eat of the knowledge of, of, of good and evil. That person would have experienced death in his life as a person. It would only not have been as, he would not be the representative of all of man. So, if we can just realize that faith is such an important part of the kingdom of God, but what we must also realize is that Jesus Christ has already paid for the sin of the whole world. So, if you see somebody walk in, walking in the street that has never received Jesus, that is tattooed all over his body, swearing, cursing Jesus, all those type of things, you must know that that man's sin has been paid upon the cross in Jesus Christ, and that he is ignorant of what God has done for him and when he can have knowledge of the truth he can come to a place when he can believe it and have access into that grace Amen isn't that so so awesome now I want to just say this this is the wonderful thing that I want to say in Romans and I want to say this because maybe there's some first time viewers that's watching Dynamic Web Church today and you say you know maybe we are you know we are maybe scared of the gospel of grace because it is this gospel that says everybody is just saved doesn't matter what they do and all that and I want to just lay this foundation clear it says here but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets and you can just say this aloud for yourself it is the righteousness of God without the law 
Amen. Then verse 22, Even the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ, unto all, that means it's towards the whole world, but it is upon all them that believe. So it is unto all, but it is upon all that believe. It's like I say, God is with everybody, but God is not inside everybody. Now there's a doctrine that says, uh, where Paul said that Christ called me to reveal, uh, that I was called by Christ to reveal Christ in me. And um, coming from the perspective that says that Christ has already been inside Paul, and he only wanted to reveal Christ that was already inside Paul. Now that is not what that scripture says. If you just understand English a little bit, you will know that what he was saying is God called him to reveal Christ inside him. In other words, it's like... Um, I can, I can take, I can say, man, I've got my son so that I can reveal in my son how I can train up a son or a child in a good way. So I can reveal things in him, but it doesn't mean that God already dwelt in him or, or, that, I, or that, that, that everything that I've taught is already in that son. God can call somebody and say, I, God has called Berti, let me put it this way, God has called Berti to preach the gospel of grace, to reveal Christ in Berti, through television ministry, through this, through that, and whatever. But God has not indwelled me when I didn't believe in Jesus Christ. But He was with me. He spoke to me on a daily basis. I had dreams and visions, and He was speaking to me. And the moment I accepted it, He made His dwelling in my belief system. My belief system had no dwelling place for God. But when I believed, He came and indwelled my belief. And when He indwelled my belief, He indwelled my spirit and my body, and my mind, and everything. He started to live in me. Hallelujah. So, let's know this. It's very important to know that the gospel is towards everybody. He's paid for the sin of the whole world, but the truth of that gospel is upon all them that believe. Amen. And now, let's make it easy. You know, faith is not some difficult thing that you must try to work up to, to, get, to get this to manifest. Faith is a result of hearing this word. As you hear this, you will find faith come into your heart. Amen. And all you must do is respond to the faith that's in your heart. You start to believe this. You start to get persuaded about this. And say, man, thank you, my God. You know, this is what I'm being persuaded of. I hear this word over and over and I find the persuasion in my heart. And then you act upon your faith. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So what happens is, you start to feel the faith in your heart. It goes over to an action where you say, my confession is this. I believe this. I believe that He died for me. Yes, I do believe that. You are saved. Amen. That's how easy it is. And that's why it's important to preach the gospel. And like I said, I, I've been watching last night Christian television. I've been going through the channels. And uh, man, you know, uh, I, I found Jimmy Swaggart preaching grace. Awesome. You know, I was so, so blessed with what he preached. And I must be honest, the last ten times that I've watched Jimmy Swaggart, every time he's been preaching grace. Every time. So if you get a Christian television in your area, man, watch, watch him. I, don't, I haven't watched all his stuff. You know, I've only watched him ten, twelve times. But in the, all that time, he preached grace. And he even said, he said, listen guys, uh, uh, there are many preachers going around, many people going around preaching gospels that's not the gospel of God's unconditional love. The, the true gospel is the gospel that says you cannot do it, he's done it on your behalf and you are saved by the grace of God only. So, um, you know, and, and it is so important to have this, 
being preached all over the world. Have this on the internet. Have this on television. Have this everywhere. You know, and get people to, to hear this gospel. Because if they don't hear it, they can't believe it and they can't be saved. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10. It says, how can they believe if they do not hear? And how can they hear without the preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? So that is how it must be. You know, there are people, and I believe you are also called to to, to share the gospel where you are. But the gospel is also uh, laid upon the hearts of people to preach it over television, to preach it in mass crusades and all those type of things. And people need to be called. And what I want to just say out of this is, people will not believe unless they hear the gospel of grace. So know this. Know this is something that is inside your heart. Know the power of your testimony. When you go and tell somebody about the unconditional love of God, know that it has got eternal value to that person. And that God is behind those words. Never think that when you speak the grace of God, that the, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is not upon that word. God doesn't come to anoint you. He anointed His word. Amen. His word will not return void, but will accomplish what it has been sent for. His word. So you just share His word. What is His word? What Jesus Christ has done for man. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's get to Corinthians. And I want to just share a little bit about the sharing of the gospel. How we share the gospel. We don't share the gospel with wisdom of words. We don't mix the gospel with the law. We don't mix the gospel with man's effort. And that is what is freely happening all over the world. And it is not producing peace. It's not producing righteousness. It's not producing joy. It's not producing what is supposed to be produced in the lives of people. It is just producing the own fruit that, well, the same fruit that was produced under the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, which is not uh, peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It just produces fear, instability, being unsure of what God gives us, not having a good relationship with God, always thinking, do I qualify? Always in works, trying to seek, you know. Uh, I've seen, um, I've seen this one guy, you know, he, 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 when he preaches, you know, he is so calling down heaven. And I said to my wife, I said, man, the guy's trying so hard. You know, he's trying so hard. It just produces a work in the name of Jesus. So in other words, people try through prayer, you know. We must get 20,000 people to pray in this city and 20,000 people to pray. And like I saw the, the, this one church, they, they got people together and uh, about 50,000, 60,000 of them, everybody now um, coming together, confessing, the, uh, uh, confessing pornography as a sin. They wasted their time. That's what they did. Everybody knows it's a sin. Who doesn't know it's a sin? And now they think, through people confessing it in a stadium altogether, that God's going to forgive the city, they making themselves God and the very Christ. You cannot go and do that. There was only one sacrifice for sin, which was Jesus. And that brought forgiveness for the whole world. You cannot go as a church in a, in a town and say, well, I ask for forgiveness and we come now and we sacrifice this time and we sacrifice prayer time. And they had like a 24-hour prayer rally or 48-hour, I don't know, 
prayer rally as a sacrifice of pure hearts before God. Now God's going to forgive. I don't know if it was California or some place in the States where, 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 uh, where the most pornography movies are made in the world, you know, and to get a breakthrough there. No, no. The, the, the people of the porn houses, the people that makes the pornography videos, need to hear a gospel of no condemnation. A gospel where it says, God is not condemning you. God loves you. Your sin has been put upon the cross. You have already been forgiven. God's got nothing against you. But God, all, all that must happen is you can come to a place of belief in what God has done for you. He's brought righteousness to you as a gift. And not just some mediocre righteousness, but the very righteousness of God. That's what the, the people of the porn houses, the prostitutes, all those people, the pimps, need to hear. And they need to, they, before that will happen, there needs to be a church that believes that God does not condemn those people. But Because let me tell you, if you go to a pimp and you tell him, about a, a, a condemning gospel. He's going to chase you away if he doesn't shoot you in the head. You will be lucky if you get away not beaten. You go there with the unconditional mercy, grace and love of God. Knowing that Jesus Christ has already paid for the sin of the whole world. And let me tell you something, the first thing you do when you go to a sinner is not to tell him, just to tell him your sins are forgiven, because the first thing you'll hear if you tell him, listen, your sins are forgiven, he will feel that you've only been conscious of his sins. First tell him about how much God loves him. And act towards him as if, as if he is sinless. Love him. Care for him. Amen. Speak to him a message of no condemnation. Speak to him of how God blesses him. Hallelujah. Free from works. Tell him how God is not a God that is conscious of our works every day, but that is conscious of what Jesus has done on our behalf. And you'll find faith coming into his heart because he must believe, she must believe in what God has done for them. And then you'll find faith just arise in their hearts and they will say, I believe that my sin has been forgiven. I am saved in Jesus Christ. And when they believe it, they'll find salvation. That's what we do. But this works mixture gospel does not produce true faith. It does not produce true faith. You know, and I'm sorry if I just hammer some things today, you know, but, um, but, but I see things that's really bringing so much hurt to the body of Christ that makes the gospel of Jesus such a, a, a ridiculous thing to believe in. That we can look with our own minds and say, it's like the one guy said, he said, you know, that um, this, is, this is now, the, the Day of Atonement is somewhere now. I don't, I don't keep, keep track of uh, Hebrew days and, and, and feasts and new moons and Sabbaths because I, I want to count those things done for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ so that I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. But there are people that find joy in counting those things and looking into that, and this one guy said that if this is the Day of Atonement now, and if you don't give money to that specific TV channel now, in this Day of Atonement, then everything you've done for God prior to now means nothing in the eyes of God. Now, let me tell you something. That is sin. Because it's unbelief in Jesus Christ. The day of atonement is the day when Jesus Christ atoned for our sins. And He is the sacrifice for our sins. And He paid for us. Amen. 
and we are not, and I want to tell you as, as web church members, you know, you might say, Matthew, but why do you watch some of these things? I do watch them because I watch out for your soul. I want to make sure it goes well with your soul, and that's how I know what's going out in the world, what people hear every day. And I want you to know for sure that a gospel that, 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 that's like that, that, that just condemns you if you can't give money. See, there's a special blessing for people that can only give a thousand dollars. Now let me tell you, a thousand dollars is ten thousand five hundred rand. So if I don't have ten thousand five hundred rand to give right now, that means that that special blessing is not for me. That is blasphemy. That is absolutely making the cross of Jesus Christ to nothing. That is excluding people from what God has done in Jesus Christ. That is stepping on the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. That is what that is. So I want to just tell you, we can't mix the gospel of Jesus with wisdom of words. And that's what Paul said here. And, and, and let me just read this. He said here in verse 17, we're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 7. He says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Now, there's two types of wisdom in the Bible. The first wisdom is, is, is called worldly wisdom, which is basically um, correct actions upon what you think you must do in order to be saved besides believing in Jesus Christ. In other words, it is all the things you put after what Jesus Christ has done. So if I say to you that we are the full righteousness of God and we've received perfection through Jesus, and you say, yes, but we must remember, everything you want to add in there, that is what's called worldly wisdom. Okay, now it goes on to verse um, verse 18. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us which are saved, it's the power of God. That means that the preaching of the cross is the power of God. It means that the law is not the power of God. The law is not the system that empowers you. What happens is, the flesh is empowered by the law. That's what the Bible teaches us. The flesh finds its power through the law. But the power unto salvation is not the law, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, for it is written... I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has, has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that the wisdom of God, um, excuse me, verse 21, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It says here in verse 21, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God. In other words, it says that um, through worldly wisdom you don't know God. That's what it says. It says here that the world by wisdom knew not God. So there's two types of wisdom. The wisdom that says by what I do, 
I become, and the other wisdom that says, by what Christ has done, you already became, and by faith we've got access into grace, by Jesus we made fully righteous, fully qualified in everything, the other wisdom says, but we first need to get 50,000 people together for God to bless us, we first must tithe and give offerings in order for God to bless us, if we don't walk around the town seven times and pray and bind devils, then God cannot do anything for us, that type of wisdom is what is added to the gospel, and the Bible says through that wisdom you don't know God, the more you are into those things, the less you know God. That's what it says. Verse 22. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Now I want to just skip over to chapter 2 here. It says, And I, brethren, verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or with wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything amongst you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So, what is wisdom of words? It's anything other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In other words, if I come to, um, to healing, healing for your physical body, and I've got anything else besides Jesus that became a man, obeyed on our behalf, died on our behalf, was resurrected on our behalf, representing us at the right hand of the Father, if there's anything else, anything besides Jesus Christ and Him crucified, in other words, Jesus who He is today, and that He was crucified for us, anything besides that is called wisdom of words. It's called... Um, uh, 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 Excellency of speech. It's called the weakening power of the gospel. Or the power that weakens the gospel. That's what it's called. And we, Paul didn't come with that. He didn't come with that. He says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Excuse me, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Now many times they think that the demonstration of Spirit and power is um, miracle signs and wonders. It, it is not a say that demonstration, it, it's in the demonstration of um, the Spirit and power. It does not say that. So many times we read that and we think that a true preacher of the gospel, before you can go truly and preach the gospel, you must do miracles. That's not what that scripture says. For the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. So what he could, he could also read this way. That I didn't come with wisdom of words, but I come in the demonstration of the Spirit's work in power in people getting saved. For the power of the gospel is people getting saved free from their works. If you could through, through works teach people how to get a miracle and they get a miracle, you've still not demonstrated the gospel. You've demonstrated works. That's what you've demonstrated. What must happen is we must demonstrate the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel is that you can receive a miracle, you can receive finances, you can receive peace, you can receive righteousness free from any work Oh, all you've got to do is believe that simple truth. That is it. Amen. That's the power of the gospel. That's what Paul came and he preached. 
He preached the power of the gospel. Listen, man, if you've come to a place where you say, I must now, you know, fast for two days, or I must now work up with worship to get God to heal me, and you've been healed, you haven't demonstrated the power of God. The power of God is demonstrated when you believe that it's for free. Amen. And it happens to you, that is the power of God demonstrated. When somebody says, I believe Jesus obeyed on my behalf, died on my behalf, was resurrected on my behalf, has got human flesh, seated at the right hand of the Father, representing me, and therefore I'm righteous, you have seen the power of God saving a man. Amen. The rest is not the power of God. It's the power of human efforts. Amen. It says, how, how be it we speak wisdom amongst them that are perfect. Now it says here that he does speak wisdom. Now Paul said, we don't speak the wisdom of the world, but we do speak wisdom. But this wisdom is among them that perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the principles, uh, nor of the princes of this world that comes to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So here it is, it says, we didn't come with wisdom of words, but unto them that are already perfect, in other words, them that understand the gospel of grace, we speak the wisdom of God. Now what is this wisdom? What what is this wisdom that God speaks about? What is this wisdom that is speak amongst them that, that are perfect? Because there is a wisdom. Now let's go on and see what this wisdom is. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. In other words, what is this wisdom? It was a hidden wisdom that had to be still revealed, okay? That was now revealed and being spoken amongst the wise or amongst those that are perfect or saved. But God has revealed this wisdom to us by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now listen to this. For what man knows the things... Of a man save the spirit which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God. To do what? To declare the wisdom of God which is what? And here it's written what is the wisdom that Paul spoke amongst those that are perfect. Verse, the second part of verse 12, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit was given unto us, and the wisdom of God is that which we have freely received of God. Paul spoke the wisdom of God. What was the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God was this. You know what? You've been enriched in your finances through Jesus Christ. For he was rich, he became poor, so you through his poverty might be made rich. That's the wisdom of God. You know, you've been healed because he received your your sickness in his body. So that by his stripes you have been healed in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something else. You've received true peace between you and God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is the true peace that God gives us. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You've received peace free from your works because He is the peacemaker. Amen. You've received the righteousness of God as a gift unto God. You've received eternal life as a gift. Your immortal body 
is a gift that God gives freely. You don't have to try to work up faith with a special pushing through, seeking for some revelation that that no one has ever known that God is hidden for some mystical reason that is only going to reveal to some people and then one or three is going to break through into immortality. That is not the truth. We've already received immortality as a gift freely for us. But that gift is kept in heaven. We've received it. It is ours. It's kept in heaven with Jesus. And when He returns, that gift that has already been freely given to us will manifest in our bodies. Isn't that awesome? That's what God has given to us. You know, it's like, um, like Jimmy Swaggart said. He, he said when Moses, when there was, there was a war with Amalek or somebody, I don't know, I don't know the Old Testament characters that well. And, 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 and Moses sat down and, and when he lifted his hands, when he lifted his hands, meaning in surrender to Jesus. Okay? In surrender to, it's your work, it's not my work. When he left, left, lifted his hands, they were winning the battle. And when his hands got tired, in other words, what, what he said it resembles when you fall, fall back into the law, you experience the defeat again. He says, but when his hands was held up and by two men, and the two men represented Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and he was seated on, the cro- on, on a rock, representing Jesus Christ and His finished work. So in other words, when you sit, when you rest upon the rock, Jesus Christ, with your, held, with your hands held high by the work of Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit, and not your works, you experience victory every day. Amen. That is the wisdom of God that Paul preached. That is the wisdom of God that He, that he preached to people. So don't be misled, church of God. Don't be misled, web church, whole world, whosoever watches this, even if it's 20 years from now. If you watch this, listen, don't be misled. There's only one gospel. And I want to just say this. If I, Bertibrits, ever change from this gospel, please don't listen to me. Because this is the only truth. If I get deceived two years from now into adding something to this gospel, please don't listen to what I preach today. Listen to the only to the truth. Call that a curse. That's what Paul said and that's what I tell you. This is not about a man. This is about the man, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. God is so good. He's come to give us that true peace, that true joy, that true righteousness in the wisdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. How much time do I have left? Ten minutes. Can you just put on the aircon there for me, please? So, yeah, I just feel that God has come to bring us that true peace. What we can do, and even in this last 10 minutes, when I'm just going to continue a bit here, know this, that the true wisdom of God is not 5 steps to this and 10 steps to that. The true wisdom of God is not how can I get the good news to manifest in my life by works. That is not the true gospel. The true gospel that we need to hear is the gospel of God's unconditional love, how we receive stuff for free. The wisdom that we speak, if we come together as believers and we really speak wisdom amongst each other, we speak what we have freely received in Christ. Let's read verse 12. It says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the, uh, in the words which man's wisdom teaches. In other words, they don't speak these things that is freely given to us in the words of man's wisdom. Man's wisdom says, if you work hard, you're going to be blessed. 
the things that we freely received in Christ. Paul does not speak that in man's wisdom. We have freely received in Christ true prosperity in our finances. But now people come with man's wisdom. If you give and do a thing in the kingdom of God, then God's going to bless you. That's dung. That's, you know, the, 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 and this is a harsh word, but um, the message translation says that's dog dung. That's what it is. It stinks. It doesn't produce life. It will bring death into your heart and into your mind. People, I want to tell you, there's been a sacrifice that's been so expensive, that's been paid for us. And we cannot come to a place where we step and trample underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ that's been so dearly given to us, that's been paid for us. And I tell you, it's a, it's, it, the time has come, when, not just now, but when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, from then until now, is the time for the church of Jesus Christ to arise with this message of no condemnation, with a message where the wisdom of God is spoken free from our works, not mixed with worldly wisdom. It's a time when we go onto television stations and preach this gospel of grace to people. It's a time when the stages of the world is flooded with this gospel of grace. It's a time when the worship songs that's being sung is flooded with grace. It's, a, it's, it's time when, when this whole world, every house of Christians is flooded with this, where CDs and DVDs and messages on television and radio is flooded with this gospel of grace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for that. For empowering us. Empowering the church with that. I thank you, God, that you made, you've made us to be that vessel of honor into this world. And we're not vessels of dishonor, but we are vessels of honor. Thank you, my God, that we can walk in this honor. We can walk in this power. We can walk in this victory. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray for everybody that watches me right now. I say you that believe the gospel of grace. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine that people can give glory to God. Don't let your light so shine that people can give glory to themselves for their own effort. But let your light so shine that they give glory to God seeing your good work. Your good work being sharing the gospel of grace with people in the true form that God intended to be. Thank you, my God, for that. I just thank you, Lord, that you will use me. You'll use this platform mightily for people to know the gospel of grace. I thank you that you empower people to, to just send this link uh, of this website to people to s- spread CDs of this, to spread this gospel of grace. For the time has come when Jesus went into heaven until now for this gospel to be preached with power, my God, for people being saved truly by the gospel of grace. Father, there's no power if people get saved, uh, uh, if people think they're saved. If people get into a new life by their own efforts. That's not the power of God. The power of God, my God, is your power saving people free from their works. Hallelujah, without their efforts, believing in Christ, when they believe they are saved, thank you my God that people can believe that. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, my God, that you've empowered us. You've blessed us in every area. Thank you that through the gospel of grace, you've you've blessed us financially, that we can prosper. Thank you that through the gospel of grace, you've made us... You've made us uh, 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 givers and gracious and full of, of, of thankfulness to go and preach this gospel and share it and to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Oh, I worship you. Oh, I thank you. There's no one like Jesus. You are the Savior of the world. You are the Savior of man. Thank you for what you've done for us. I worship you, I worship you, I worship you forevermore. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you save us. Oh, I just feel the awesome presence of God. Amen, amen. Well, I want to thank everybody for watching this. I believe that you've been touched by this. You know, people, sometimes I can get a little bit straightforward, but man, I I struggle to be tactful. I don't know how to do it. Uh, I, I just want to say it what's, what's in my heart. And I believe, I don't, I, I don't want, I want to compromise. If, if, if my style would offend you, I would compromise on that. But I don't know, you know, how else to say this. So please listen to this. Listen to my heart. Listen to what God has done for you. Thank you for listening to this. Listen to the song. Oh well, we didn't put the song up. We didn't put the song up. Sorry for that. You know, it was a bit of a rush before we we um, started to broadcast but thank you so much for joining us here please write us an email if you've listened to this from some country that we don't even know Um, please respond in such a way It, it really encourages us thank you and God bless you